talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Then throw Boyd in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how to really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe, ride to the go and get it. Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back. He gets shiesty in the pocket, I get shiesty on the track. Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap. Most all around team in the NFL, that's all facts. And came across nobody yet that seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff. Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Von gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend. Right behind them, Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just draft the camera, draft the hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was cause that's the loser way It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eh? It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing his thing for the city, I give it to him And I bet Samaji will find a hole if you give it to him Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash Every week it seems like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my faith and money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. That's right, they gotta play us. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to make it three in a row, too. Just saying. Anyway, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,274 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. But if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button, hit the bell for notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chats. So I got two guests today. First off is Trags. If you got something about the Ring of Honor or you don't like it that Boomer got in, you don't like it that Chad got in, you think somebody else should have got in, or we just want to debate that we should have more than two people that we can vote for. Anyway, give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. Second of all, about six o'clock, we got Nate Meyer coming on. He's part of the Bearcats Bounce podcast. Uh, we'll be discussing all things Bearcats, Big 12, uh, where they're ranked, schedule, basketball. The basketball schedule came out, all kinds of stuff. So if you have a question for Nate about Bearcats, give me a super chat. I'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from this glorious place down here. It's the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And you know what? I wear it every single day. It's Jackpot Joey. Jackpotjoey9.com is right there. I almost knocked the, I almost, yeah, I almost knocked the candle right there. I get it. There it is. Right there. We got the uh, hats. We got the uh, shirts. Banners, anything you want right there, get to jackpotjoey9.com. Portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. The beer is coming out soon. It's a big brewery. Hopefully, it'll be shipped all over the place again. Uh, we also have the Jackpot Joey Cornhole Tournament. I think I said the 12th the other day. I, I, it's 17th. It's the day after the Packers preseason game. If you guys want to get it in on it, like I said, 100% of the, of the proceeds from this goes to the Joe Burrow Foundation. So go to Brink Brewery, uh, their website, any of their social media platforms. Go there. You can sign up. Um, you can get you get beer. You get uh, brats, mets, um, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a good good outing. Make sure you go out there and have fun. If you guys are cornholers, come out and play. 
I'm okay at it. Me and Greg are going to kick your ass. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, check it out there. Like I said, all that's at Brink Brewery and uh, jackpotjoey9.com. What's up there, everybody in the, in the chat? Stranger, you're in there. Crip in there. My boy Johnny Paps is in there. Ken's in there. Kane's in there. What's going on? So happy to see all you guys. Glad you guys all made it. Uh, Boomer. Yep. Michael Madden. Boomer is in the Ring of Honor. Play Action King. I, I agree. Uh, the the Sugar Huddle, no huddle offense. The K-Gun. All the offenses that the NFL run right now all started because of Boomer Sison. Well, he was the quarterback. It started because of Sam Weish. Let's put it that way. He's one of him and Bruce Collins are the ones that started all of this. But Boomer ran it, and I wish he would get more credit uh, than he does uh, for re-energizing, introducing a new offense, uh, doing something that uh, innovative, that's the word I'm looking for, that uh, started here. And there's a lot of stuff that started here in Cincinnati, and that's one of them. So it just I'm happy that Boomer got in. I'm happy Chad got in. I voted for Lamar Parrish. I was voted for Reggie Williams because I just want some of these older guys to get in. I want them to get in before they're gone. That's my fear because what's taken us, you know, we should have had this 30 years ago. We should have at least 20 years ago. We should have had this started in 2000 when, when the Bengals had got their own stadium. That's when we should have started this, but we didn't. And we got such a backlog of players that deserve to be in there. And kind of what we talked about on Bengals and Bruce earlier today is we're going to start having, they're going to start adding guys to the list. AJ Green, Geno Atkins, guys like that. Uh, Andy Dalton, you say which one about Andy Dalton? You know, he might be considered for, he's got to retire, but those guys are going to be added to the list. And my fear is Lamar Parrish. These guys are still going to get forgotten. And that's what we can't happen. But for more on that, let's get to my boy, Mike Petraga. We call him Trags. What's going on, Trags? How you doing, Iceman? Good, brother. Good. Glad to see you. Glad you can make it. So, big day today. Boomer size and Chad It was Chow. fun. Ring of Honor. Uh, you got to interview them both. Um How'd that go? I got I got to watch the interviews, but I mean, did you something they said uh, in the comments that kind of stuck out to you? Uh, I think with Boomer, it was he has an appreciation of how far the Bengals have come as an organization, marketing and PR wise, uh, and I think self awareness. I think Boomer is you know, and I asked him about this if he appreciates anything about the way the Bengals do business now as opposed to when he played for the franchise. And he said, sure. I mean, the team has come entered the 21st century and that uh, the team, I think any credited, you know, Paul Brown's great granddaughters uh, yeah. and uh, the way uh, Katie Blackburn has raised her two daughters, uh, Elizabeth and Caroline, who by the way, Caroline was the one who introduced both players this afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, the way they have carried the team and uh, really helped the team get to that next level. Uh, in terms of awareness, in terms of reaching out to the fan base, which obviously any Bengal fan over the last three decades knew uh, coming into the 2020s that they had to really start doing that if they were going to keep their fan base and and, and reestablish that connection. And that's what Boomer Esiason kind of recognized today. He also recognized some of his... Uh, this stuck out to me because I'm a football nerd, Iceman, and I love it when the assistant coaches get yes. love and get recognition. Yes. Yes. And, you know, before Bruce Coslett was mm -hmm. head coach for mm -hmm. those ill-gotten years. Oh, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Somehow he hit the mute button. I don't know how that happened. Well, there, you go. Back. Back. there we go. <laughs> uh, but for all of those years uh, uh, before that, uh, he was head coach. He was offensive coordinator. And Boomer Esiason said he would not be uh, the quarterback that he is without uh, Bruce Coslett. And then he gave uh, props to Kenny Anderson. Uh, he also uh, gave some love and respect uh, to offensive line coach Jim McAnally, who uh, once told him, throw the damn ball. <laughs> right. You know, you have a great offensive line. And, and I this leads me to a point that I would make about Joe Burrow. Okay. And I think we talked about this the last time I was on. As good as the offensive line is, I hope Joe Burrow doesn't think 
well, I've got now an extra two to three seconds right. to throw the ball. Right. You can't do that. And Boomer Esiason mentioned that uh, today. Boomer was Boomer. He's always great. And then Chad was Chad. Chad Johnson uh, is never going to disappoint. Nope. And and he said he reached, you know, Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com asked him, where does this rank in terms of all-time great moments in his career? And he said, top of the mountain, you know, uh, Jeff Hobson asked, have you reached the top of the mountain? And, and uh, Chad said the very top. And I think that's because he, look, when I asked Chad this afternoon about whether or not he had any regrets mm-hmm. whatsoever mm-hmm. about his personality overshadowing his football acumen and his right. skills, mm-hmm. which were incredible, mm-hmm. uh, amazing, borderline, hall, uh, you know, Canton right. level. Right. He said no. He said, no, not at all. I wanted to entertain first and let the statistics take care of themselves. I thought that was a brilliant answer. That is who Chad Johnson is, and I loved it. Boy, did he ever. And, and two two things that I thought was funny. Somebody asked him uh, if there was a touchdown celebration that he did not get to do. Yes. And right. uh, I think it was Staples had the easy button. Apparently, he had two easy <laughs> buttons. Underneath both GoPro. I think it was in Kansas City, and he never got a chance to, to do that one. And the other one I thought was when you said Boomer uh, McNally told him to throw the damn ball. Well, he was also said that uh, Max Matoya and he held on to the ball too long. Max Matoya and him are laying on the ground after he got sacked. And Max Matoya looked at him, throw the damn ball. So, yeah. Max, I would not want to get upset Max Matoya at all. <laughs> uh, Boomer certainly did not, no. Right. Uh, but, you know, when you look at that offensive line the Bengals had in the mid to late 80s, even the early 80s for that matter, uh, in the decade of the 80s, uh, most of which Boomer was around for. Obviously, he wasn't around for the first three or four years. But um, that is as good as an offensive line, at, you know, from top to bottom, left to right, as you will ever see in the National Football League as a comprehensive unit. And that's why Boomer made it a point to uh, give credit to Jim McAnally, the longtime Bengals offensive line coach, uh, who, along with, in my opinion, Dante Scarnecchia, are the two best to ever do it. Um, Boomer said today that when they were at the top of their game, they were like a ballet right. group uh, yeah. in step with one another. Yeah, and, and and Boomer, I forgot this, but Boomer lockered with the offensive line, and I, I always thought that was that was cool because because he knew if they didn't he they didn't keep him upright, he couldn't do anything. So that was, I always I always thought that was very very cool, Boomer to to do that, and he always bought himself because back then, like you said, back then offensive linemen didn't get paid. You know, he made a lot of money and they barely made anything. Now it's, you know, we, we, we got offensive line. It's not caught up to quarterbacks, but they're starting to, starting to get paid. But I always sure. thought that that was cool too. And now the question I, I have regarding uh, Chad, I think you asked it, um, the difference when he left uh, Cincinnati and went to New England, um, what the difference was there. What Now were you, I assume you were covering the Patriots then when Chad, when Chad was there. That is correct. I was uh, indeed covering the Patriots, uh, and I did ask that question. And the See, analogy, your voice. <laughs> and he said, uh, well, I don't know if any of you have ever been in the military, but if you had, if you have, then you know what I'm about to say is true about Bill Belichick. He wants the operation run on time and in check and clean and neat, just like the military. We do everything on time here. And I thought that was, again, from Chad, it was uh, very um, accurate in terms of, and, and very, what's the word? There's a word I'm looking for that is that describes how he characterized uh, the New England situation. It was just very on point. Yeah, uh, I thought Chad was very on point with his one year in New England. Uh, I'll never forget Chad Johnson in New England while we're talking about the Patriots and uh-huh. Ocho. When Tom Brady in Super Bowl 46 runs up to him after Chad's reception, I think of like 15 yards. That's why we brought you here. That's why you're here. And I kind of it made Chad smile. Uh, and you know, there weren't enough of those moments, unfortunately in new England, simply because the Patriots weren't willing to loosen up their offense Mm -hmm. and do the kind of things that would really appeal to Chad's game. Chad was a top of the route 
top of the tree route runner. That's what he did. And he freelanced. Mm-hmm. And Chad's job was to get loose at the top of routes and beat guys deep, which the Patriots definitely needed at that right, time. It right. was, I think, Gronk's second year mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL at that time. And Aaron Hernandez's uh, second year in the NFL. And uh, Patriots still had Wes Welker. There had but to be Chad an interesting Johnson, locker room there with those two. <laughs> uh, it was. It was uh, It was quiet, you know. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing. Anybody who covered Chad Johnson here or Ocho here in Cincinnati always saw him as this bubbly, effervescent character, right? That's not the way he was by a long shot in New England. And, you know, it's kind of, to me, fit, trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. It just yeah. wasn't going to work because the Patriots weren't going to change what they did offensively to suit Chad Johnson's game. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, that, Ch- Chad, I think... He's borderline Hall of Fame. I don't think he's actually going to get in. I think he needed it a couple more years. If the Patriots would have won that Super Bowl, I think that would have helped him. You know, after that, he went to Miami, and, and that was pretty much the end of his career. Do you, right. uh, somebody asked him if he had any regrets. And to me, uh, he's got to have some regret of the way it ended. I mean, if he could have stayed here and kept going what, what he had going, I mean, he get another two or three years of what he was doing here with Carson, he, he could be Hall of Famer. I think when Carson soured, that really hurt Chad yeah. here in Cincinnati. When Carson soured on the whole situation, it when when the head of your family, one of, even one of your parents, in this particular case, the quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, becomes dysfunctional, you're going to become dysfunctional. And that's, I think, essentially what happened with Chad. I think some of the joy for the game really left him. I mean, we'll always remember, you know, Chad Johnson played a long time in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. yeah. 10 years. Yeah. People forget that. You know, he was, you know, drafted in 2001. Uh, and that was a big moment for him. He mentioned that today uh, in his career. The day he got drafted, he had been through so much to be drafted by a National Football League team uh, and to call a place like Cincinnati home meant a, a lot to him because he didn't know if he was going to you know, be worthy of, uh, of an NFL roster spot. But once he proved that to himself and he became a personality, uh, he seemed to really flourish. And I think, like, to, to my question of him, when he was happy and he was entertaining, the results did follow. The oh, statistics yeah. did follow. But when he wasn't, and there were times, obviously, toward the end in Cincinnati where he wasn't, his numbers uh, not coincidentally, dropped off. Hey, can you try, try to do something with your mic? I don't know why I'm, I'm getting getting static coming through there for sure. some reason. I don't know. I don't uh, know let's see what I can do or, here. Or something. So. <laughs> uh, Sorry about that. I that's all right. I I can hear. And they're 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 talking about it in the in the in the chat. So <laughs> I, people are like, yeah, you get static. Like ah, I can't fix it. <laughs> it's on the the other end. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um just watching both those guys. And I, once I found out uh, that they both got in uh, this morning, I, I got off work cause I worked nights and I got off the time to watch uh, or listen to the last hour of Boomer and Geo. And you can get that on one of the uh, audio platforms. And they, they were, they were boasting about uh, Boomer and, and it's Boomer is, I know he's uh, much older now than, than he was. I mean, it's been 25 years since he's played football. So he's more, I don't want to say mature or whatever, but it was, it was really interesting watching, watching him and these guys on the radio talk about how good he was and everything. And Boomer was always more of a, a brash, you know, outgoing personality and, and see him kind of trying to brush it off or whatever. was, was really interesting on, on the, on the radio show uh, this morning. And it was just kind of different uh, for me when Boomer, you know, growing up, he was always the big, the blonde bombshell. So it just, it was right. interesting of how, you know, old age has changed him. You know, I don't know what to call him old, but, you know, older maturity or whatever. I just thought it was kind of interesting how that worked, how that dynamic was this morning on the radio station. I think it, I think your mic sounds better now. <laughs> okay. Is yeah. this sound better? Yeah. Much better. Much better. So, um, okay. sorry, now, everybody on the chat. <laughs> now, one thing Boomer did say, and, uh, he was talking about this, and I had Corey, I had Corey doing on my show earlier this week, and he was talking about. Well done, by the way. Oh, thank you, nice man. Thank you. Yep. Uh, he had um, talked about Corey and his rookie year, and, and and how those last five games 
really were one of his, some of his favorite games he's ever played, which I thought was interesting because they weren't very good teams. And he, how fast he played and how he changed. Well, not him. Him and Sam White with the no huddle and Bruce uh, uh, Bruce Cosa no huddle sugar offense. I hate calling it the K gun because they, they they ain't the K gun. But I mean that is the the metamorphosis of modern offense that started right here in yes. Cincinnati and and it, just how fast he was playing those last five games. Again, that is something I asked uh, Boomer about uh, this morning. You know, I asked him how much pride does he take in kind of helping to revolutionize NFL offenses to what they are today? Because before the K-Gun, there was the sugar and there was the tempo. And he uh, brought up a great story of uh, when they were playing, I believe, the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Oilers. Yeah, it was, he said it was Tennessee Titans. It was the Houston Oilers. I remember that game. That was, that was Corey Dillon. Yes, so do I. Record. I believe it was one of those like TNT games on yeah. Thursday night with Jeff Fisher. Yeah. And uh, it was at Riverfront. Mm-hmm. And he was playing with the backup uh, offensive line and backup center, uh, David Brills, I believe. Derek I, Brills. Yeah. D- Derek. I believe it was. Yeah. And they went up-tempo. And nobody could barely keep up, even on the Bengals' offensive line. But it really uh, threw the tight threw the Oilers off uh, that night. And I believe it was a big win for the Bengals. Well, that's um, when Corey Dillon broke the uh, rookie rushing record that night, too. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I, I, and, I remember that. I was just telling Corey Dillon that story because I was in Florida and I was and the right. Bengals were never on TV. So I, I wanted to rush up and watch him, and I'm like, holy crap, who is this Corey Dillon dude? <laughs> and what it did is it wore down the defense, yeah. and uh, defensive linemen were out of their gaps and out of their containment uh, lanes, and that's what one of the big reasons Corey Dillon was able to run wild in that contest. Uh, but it was, you know, Boomer Esiason saying, screw it, we're just going to go up-tempo, and, you know, that's one of the things to me that made Boomer so brilliant as a quarterback. He could sense things in games. He had a very good uh, third sense of or sixth sense, if you will, of what was going on on the football field. And, um, you know, I, I see the compa- uh, comment. I remember that 65-yard swing pass to James Brooks um that wore down the oilers i i do actually remember that, that. was in the playoff uh, game wasn't it? That was yeah just, I, I, that's what i thought ass. too but yeah but by the way james brooks who was on the list uh, of the 13 players up for nomination he'll to me he should be in there eventually Corey oh, dillon so obviously people. should be in there there's so many and lamar parish that's so, who i voted for initially when people asked me when the when the thirteen names came out, I think in March or April, whenever it was, I said, or maybe it was January, I forget. I said immediately, Boomer, that was a no brainer. Right, it's a quarterback MVP, no question, led the team to a Super Bowl. The second one, though, to me, was Lamar Parrish because I, you can make the argument Lamar Parrish is the greatest cornerback in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals, in all due respect. Yep to Kenny Riley. Mm-hmm. Ken Riley, the Rattler, is was great. There's no question. You can't dispute 65 interceptions right. is 65 interceptions. No one ever threw at Lamar Parrish. That's the point. <laughs> ever. Yep. And it was sort of like, you know, sort of like Darrell Revis, Revis Island, mm-hmm. uh, back in our generation, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yep. And more to the current people, current generation watching your podcast now, it was like sauce at UC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever threw it at Gardner. Uh, you know, opposing teams never threw it, so very rarely threw it sauce. That's why he never in the history of his time at University of Cincinnati ever gave up a touchdown in one-on-one coverage. It's pretty easy when they don't throw at you. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I, I said. And my, and my my concern is, Trags, and I, like I said, I – both of them are deserved. Chad deserves it. Boomer deserves it. So many guys deserve it. I'm just worried. I don't want, like Lamar Parrish, I don't want him to not be here when he finally gets in. That's my point. And the thing is. Yeah, no, and that's a great point, Jeff. That is a, an outstanding point. And, a, and I see what uh, Greg is uh, commenting on in the comments section. Um, there was no better punt returner than Lamar Parrish. To me, if you were getting a, a beverage or something at the concession stand and the, and the opposing team was punting, you got out of line and got a view of the field right. for Leap and Lamar. Yep. 
there was a punt return I remember against the Washington Redskins that to this day he was bouncing all over the place and returned it for a touchdown. He had a couple of returns, I believe, against Cleveland. And and please, people in the comments section, have some, you know, uh, grace, have some, you know, <laughs> compassion for me for my memory. But uh, I, there was a team in which he had two punt returns or two returns for a touchdown. It might have been against the Oilers. I, I can't remember now. But he was sensational to watch. He was must-watch TV at that time. Must-watch football if you were in the stands. Uh, love Lamar Parrish. He'll be in there. He may even be in there uh, next year. I think Corey Dillon is an odds-on favorite to make it in there next year. I think that would not surprise anybody. But uh, Bengals, you know, I think – it's interesting the way they're doing this because they're spacing them out over years so that they can, uh, you know, take their time and make sure they can go a decade, decade and a half, two decades of, you know, terrific candidates uh, for that ring of honor. But the Chinese two year, man, there's so many guys yeah. and, 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 and they, i think they're going to expand that ice I, I think they're going to have to my boy dale brought this up we're, we're on bagels and bruce earlier today and he has a good point like aj green's going to start coming into the list uh gino atkins going to start coming there's gonna be guy like Ke kevin huber i mean say what you want but he's probably the greatest pump punter maybe next to, to, mm -hmm. to um pat mcanally i mean they're, they're going to add it to this list so let's just going to keep getting bigger that's where mike it's going to get the point where they're going to they're going to forget people like i mean he brought up Bob Trumpy. Bob Trumpy was a great tight end. Most people, hell, most people now don't even know he was a a, a broadcaster. I mean, I remember him mostly for broadcasting. Right. I mean, I, I do, I did sort of see him as as a Bengal, but I was, I was really young then. But I do know what a great tight end he was, and and that's another guy that that could get in. So I mean, that's that's my fear. Is I'll give you two names. I'll, yeah. I'll give you two names: Charlie Joyner. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And Chip Myers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Keep going. But um, they were great players on the very early 70s Bengals right. teams. Right. That, you know, I think certainly deserve consideration. They're all, it's almost like to me, when I looked first looked up at that east facade of, of Paycor Stadium, uh, when the names went up in the Jacksonville Thursday night game a couple of years ago in 2021, I'm like, those names are awfully big, physically big. Right, right. They have a lot of players to put up there. I think they're going to have to uh, give some consideration of making those names a little bit smaller so that they can fit more names up on that facade and on both facades, obviously. Yeah. People, are, people are throwing it. Essex Johnson. Essex Jim Johnson's LeCare. a yeah, great they, one. These are yeah. all, all ones, yeah. I mean, uh, Dan Ross is another one you can throw out there. Yep. I mean, there's 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 so many. I mean, and and uh, uh, Jim Breach, I mean, he's a kicker, but he's still the all-time uh, uh, lead points leader for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. And, and at least, you know, with, with uh, Breach, he was on the list this year yeah. of nominees. Yeah. So, that's so I mean, there's there's so many, and that's why, like, eventually they got to get us to four. Um, I, some people said six. I don't see the thing is, if we go to six, to me, that might minimize those guys of actually getting their accolades when they Correct. get Correct. And at that's a great point. Yeah. That's the, and I, I think six is a, a little bit too bulky. Yeah. And uh, too awkward to handle. Um, I think, you know, three to four would be probably the sweet spot. Now, one thing somebody brought up to me this week, we're, we're at one of my daughter's friend's graduation party, and I thought this was a good idea. Uh, if you do four, you could also have uh, some the former Bengals or, or the Ram Honor members, let them vote somebody in, you know, get kind of kind of spread it out a little bit and uh, understand the season ticket holders and stuff. And, and Corey Dillon is right. It's a popularity contest. I mean, it is. So that's where I'm like, maybe bring in some of the players, maybe, maybe just the Ring of Honor guys, you know, let them vote for one of their, their peers. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? I don't know. I haven't given enough thought to really give an intelligent. And I'm serious. I, you know, when you think about something like that um, and having, it, it's always going to be a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. I think Corey yeah. down knows that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but there, to me, there are no-brainers. And if you've watched the Bengals, you know what you know when you see it. 
Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I tried to hold that off as much as I could. Couldn't hit the mute button. But anyway, you know greatness when you see it. And I think most Bengal fans who have um, watched this team over decades know the players that should be up there. And I think, you know, it's like the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. If you have to ask, if you have to make a real strong argument yeah. for a player, mm -hmm. then they probably don't belong. That That's always been my opinion about any Hall of Fame, any Ring of Honor. And I also see the point, um, and thanks, Crep Keeper. Uh, <laughs> the Cowboys have 21 names yeah. in their Ring of Honor. Uh-huh. Um, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And it'll take a while for the Bengals to get there. Again, I think they're going to have to, you know, make some of those names smaller by the time we get up into the <laughs> mid-2030s, but that's the way it's off. Right, exactly. If they're way, still I mean, playing at Paycor. Yeah, either way, Trax, I'm, I'm happy that we can actually have this discussion. It's not a what-if anymore, and I know we say that every year, but for so long it was a what-if. You know, well, if the Bengals had this, who would you put in? We have it now. And I, I, I'm very happy that we do have it. So we can argue about who should have been in. Either way, Boomer and, and Chad are both deserving. I'm happy they're both getting in. I can't wait for it to start. Training camp is starting soon. We're going to be there. You guys got the mock turtle soup coming Monday. I They won't, yep. let, me, they won't let me into that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that, that cool. But I will be on the bridge Wednesday. What are the um, stories that you're looking for uh, to, to really pay attention to here at training camp? Uh, the safety situation uh how did dax hill and nick scott look how is how does cheeto awuzie look does he is he as good in pads uh in training camp as he looked in otas which is to say exceptional he looked in great great shape right tackle how does jonah williams look uh he'll get the starting nod oh, yeah. there uh then jet and then jackson carmen behind him one would assume that lel collins even though he did um you know participate in some activities on the uh, rehab field or the rehab side at end of the stadium, the north end of Paycor Stadium during OTAs and minicamp. How does he look? Uh, certainly uh, the punting competition, I think to me uh, at this point, Brad Robbins has got to be the guy. I don't oh, think there's yeah, any... I, I... Uh, I don't think there's dude, any doubt. Yeah, I, th I think Brad's going to get it. I just How does Irv Smith look? Yep. Uh, to me, that's going to be a big part of their offense. And can he stay healthy? And <laughs> can he stay healthy? Joe Mixon. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Mixon could still have a very big role and a very big year for the Bengals. I don't think he's washed up. That being said, he's got to be better. Uh, he's got to have more, more explosive plays than they had last year. Um, I do think a full year, an, another full year uh, with the Bengals offensive line uh, as it's been fortified is going to help him. Um, I think they were getting used to each other last year. Remember last year, when you talk about the offensive line and the greatness of the interior line, yeah. they were running uh, with a different style at the beginning yes. of the season. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they went, uh, they changed their philosophy uh, you know, midway through the season and, and Mixon had to adjust to that. I think that actually helped Mixon uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, now I think everybody is more on the same page in the running game. So the running game is certainly something I'll be paying attention to as well. Now I got, now I'll put this comment up here, but it's something that I kind of think uh, Jackpot Joey Maddie here says that Dan Horpers person told him it's safety for having a looks like yes. a three-year pro. I think battle might be starting not at the beginning of the year, I think toward the end of the year, it's either he'll be starting or him and Scott. He's going to have more snaps than Scott will. That's just my personal opinion there. I don't want to put the card ahead of the horse there. Yeah. Too far ahead, whatever cliche you want to use. But I do think Nick's – I'm sorry. I do believe Jordan Battle uh, is going to have an impact for the Bengals' defense, similar to the way Dax Hill came on at the end of last year. There are – advantages to playing defense for Nick Saban in Alabama. Oh, yeah. And that is you've been exposed to so much under a great defensive mind. And certainly Lou Anarumo is more than aware of that. It's why that it's why he, uh, Jordan battle was getting some first team reps uh, in OTAs. That's why, because they didn't think he would be overwhelmed. He certainly was not. Uh, but 
there are nuances in the Bengals defense uh, that you have to learn over over time. And I don't think uh, in big games, you know, in big situations, uh, I don't think Lou Anarumo is going to expose him to that until they're 100 percent or close to 100 percent confident that he can handle it. Now, one thing about Joe Mixon, and, and I think they're going to have to rely on him even more this year. So he's going to have to step up because we don't have uh, uh, a Samaj P. Ryan anymore. Um, Travion, I think he is going to be the starting backup running back. Do you think he takes uh, – who takes the snaps that that, that Samaj had? Does Mixon get more of them? Does Travion do it? I think Travion gets initially gets those snaps – um keep an eye on chase brown i mean you don't spend draft equity that high right unless you think he's got something right and you know yes there have been uh, uh, numerous cases over the last decade where the bengals have missed on upper level uh players that they thought could be uh impact players uh and i don't think i need to name them here but they're pretty (laughs) obvious um, one would be a wide receiver out of Washington, but uh, anyway, uh-huh. uh, I think I think Chase Brown is somebody uh, to keep an eye on in the running back competition. No question. Definitely, definitely, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Hopefully, uh, Joe Mixon is, is more. It's not like he had a bad year last year. He didn't. He just wasn't. I don't think as consistent. As- he didn't have explosive plays, and yeah. that's a great point. You know what he did have? He had career highs in receptions mm-hmm. and receiving yards. Yes. So, I mean, either way, I, Drag, I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. I say that last year. But, I, you know, I used to say this when, you know, the Bengals stunk. I could say with, with full confidence, we got a shot at winning the Super Bowl. I think we got the best offensive line we've had since 2015. I cannot wait till till Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um now, for people who don't know what the mock turtle soup uh, reference is, go, go ahead and just just explain that to people because some people are like, "What are you talking about, Robley?" <laughs> okay, mock turtle soup is a potpourri of different meat products in a chili-like laden soup that they always uh, put at the media day. <laughs> that they we always get uh, at media day, where we get Zach Taylor, we get Duke. We get both offensive and defensive coordinators and Darren Simmons, and we get Mike Brown. Exactly. And it'll be interesting to hear Mike Brown talk on a number of different different issues. Obviously, Joe Burrow. But if the deal with Burrow's not done, he's not going to say anything because the yeah. Bengals uh, and Burrow's uh, side himself uh, have been able to keep it quiet. And uh, that won't change if the deal's not done, I don't think. Uh, Joe Mixon will be different. I yeah. think uh, – Mike Brown's going to have some interesting comments on why they decided uh, to keep Joe Mixon around. And I think that will be, you know, topic number one uh, on Monday. But, uh, yeah, the, tur- the, the mock turtle soup is something that I cannot wait for. <laughs> but some people love it. Look, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I don't know if I've unlike, ever had it. Unlike so. Cincinnati Chili, I don't think people know as many of the contents <laughs> Of the turtle soup, probably as, not. Probably not, uh, now, and probably don't want to know. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, Jay Morrison was on here last week, and I'm so happy he's back on, on the beat with you guys. But he said, he says tongue in cheek, but he said he he could totally see them announcing the Joe Burrow contract on uh, on Monday. So it just blows everything up that you guys had planned. <laughs> um, I. I could see that. I, you know, I had um, Paul Daner Jr. on my podcast yesterday, Ice, and uh, he went with Tuesday. Okay. Because I think the I think the Bengals want Monday. I want I want everybody to focus on Mike and and do the normal thing on Monday, and then if they come out with the heavy ammunition, it'll come on Tuesday, the day before camp. Officially. I think we're all in agreement. It's it's happening. Sometime soon, I mean, it's not going to go too far into camp. That are, are you in agreement with that? Say that again. I say it's going to happen sometime soon. It's not going to go too oh, far. Yes, into camp. I I don't think it's going to drag on. I I don't believe, and I right. think there would have been leaks to that extent that you know things are dragging on and things aren't progressing. We haven't heard that, so right. that's what awesome. leads me to believe it'll get announced. Next week or the week after at the latest. That that's my 
inclination. Get that done, then get T. Higgins done. I hope so. Trags, you've been on for 39 minutes. I appreciate it. I cannot wait to see you guys down there there Wednesday. Like I said, I'll, I'll wave to you from, from the bridge. You know, that's, that's as close as I can get. Yes. But uh, just uh, plug plug your uh, articles. I know you just tweeted out a whole bunch of them you got out and your Jungle Roar podcast. So uh, YouTube.com, the jungle at Jungle Roar pod is where to find all of my material, including my podcast on the YouTube page. I just uploaded uh, today's interviews with Boomer Esiason and Chad Johnson uh, from their Ring of Honor uh, induction announcements that came this morning. So that's up there. Uh, as I mentioned, the interview with Paul Daner Jr., uh, for the podcast, Jungle Roar podcast is up there, and that was from yesterday. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. And uh, yes, I do threads, but I'm not as active yet on threads. I'm kind of, I'm just yesterday. feeling my way out there. Yeah. That's uh, at Trags1 on Instagram and threads. Yeah, I just got on, on threads yesterday. I'm still trying to navigate and figure out how the heck to do this thing. So I, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but at least, at least, at least I'm there, so. Drags, appreciate it, man. I will see you next week. Yep. Sorry about the technical difficulties at the start. Hey, you're all good. I, you always come on. I, I, I'll take you however I can get you. I appreciate it. <laughs> see you, Drags. You got it. Nice. See ya. All right, guys. So that's the first guest of the day. It's the first time I've kind of done this. Right? I, I got two guests at the same time. I'm very excited about, like, it's all football talk. I mean, we're, we've got Bearcats here coming up. Big 12. The Bearcats are going to the Big 12. Football starting soon. Um, the preseason polls come out. Neil Myers on, on is the, my next guest. He's part of the uh, Bearcat. I'm gonna say the name Alex Beecher's podcast. I think it's the Bearcat Bounce podcast. He's gonna correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably said it wrong. But let's get to Neil so we talk to Bearcats here. What's going on, man? What's going on? How are you? I'm good, but I'm good. So did I, did I say the podcast wrong? Is it is it the Bearcat Bounce podcast or or, or, or is it the, the right name of it? It's the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk Podcast. All right. I knew I, I knew I said it wrong. Anyway, so you and Alex Meacham are on there. You you are the producer of it, basically, right? Uh, JT produces it, and then uh, along with Alex, and then we're all there together working as a team on that podcast. Awesome, awesome. So very exciting. We got the Bearcats moving on to the Big 12. Um, what are the first thoughts you've had with, with covering the, the football team going, going into the Big 12? They just had media days uh, last week. Uh, what, what's the big story for the Bearcats going into the Big 12? Yeah, obviously, uh, the preseason polls came out. I think the big storyline was how was the Bearcats going to be voted in that terms of the Big 12 media days. And then they come in ranked 13th in the preseason polls. But this is a team that's going to really shock a lot of people. I don't see them finishing 13th, and I'll say that right now. Uh, obviously, the move to the Big 12 is super exciting around all of the University of Cincinnati. You got the new apparel deal as well. So this move to the Big 12 has sparked a lot of a lot of exciting things up in Clifton. But then just the football season, a lot of things to keep an eye on is what will this offense look like? I know it's only one returner on offense. And then you have a defense that's returning so much experience on that defensive line and guys like Dante Corleone, Malik Van, Jawan Briggs. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you see most of your guys transfer out or go to the uh, go to the NFL. I know Tyler Scott's up in Chicago right now. Trey Tucker's out in Las Vegas. Josh Wiley's down in Tennessee. So it's going to be how do you replace those guys that you lost from a season ago and what a Scott Satterfield uh, football team is going to look like. That's the thing I'm curious about is, is and big fans have asked me like, aren't you excited about this? I'm like, I'm not upset, but I'm not like, all right, cool, we got Satterfield. I'm like. They're like, well, how'd you feel when we got Luke? I said, kind of the same way when we got Luke. I wasn't like ecstatic. I had no idea, you know, how uh, how good Luke would be a, as a head coach. So I'm not against Satterfield, but it, it's going to be interesting uh, of to seeing. It's going to be a different Bearcat uh, team. I think he's more of an offensive coach than Luke was. And, and one of the players that I am very curious to see of how, how he does is Evan Prater. He's going from quarterback to wide receiver. How quickly can he, he make that adjustment? I mean, have you heard anything in – and uh, uh, from from Satterfield or anything about, about how that's going? Yeah, so the transition was something that was talked about for recent weeks, and it was something we all kind of heard in the rumblings and we were working on, but Scott Satterfield confirmed it at Big 12 Media Days last week that Evan Prater is making that uh, move to a wide receiver. It was something – he missed a lot of time in spring due to a little shoulder injury that popped up. So, obviously, they bring in a guy like Emory Jones from Arizona State in Florida who is a predominant dual-threat guy. I mean, he – 
Uh, obviously, you see Ben Bryant, who was in that quarterback room with him, mm-hmm. a guy who returned to UC, started all last season, and then he transfers out to go to Northwestern. So that really kind of opened the door for a guy like Emory Jones to be your starting quarterback. But the move of Evan Prater to wide receiver was, like I said, was something that was talked about. But you got to find a way to keep his natural athletic abilities and keep him on the field. I mean, we see uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands. But I mean, you're talking about a quarterback who's six foot three, can run a four five, four five five, roughly six foot three, two hundred pounds. I mean, you get him up to speed out there at that wide re- uh, wide receiver position. You're talking about a guy who could do some damage. I mean. It's not every day you're throwing a quarterback out there in the outside who's six foot three. So right. it's going to be exciting to do. And if he can get in the open space, he's going to make a, a lot of guys miss. So if they can get him up to speed real quick, that's someone who Bearcats fans and myself personally, it's going to be a fun time to watch. Exactly. Now you said uh, you, you don't think the Bearcats are going to finish 13th. Where, where, where do you think they, they uh, have a shot at uh, finishing? And do, do they have a shot of, of getting a bowl this year? Yeah, so in my preseason polls, I was actually one of the voters within right. the Big 12 preseason media polls. I actually picked them to finish ninth in the preseason polls, and that's that's where I had them. Okay. And I, I do see them getting a bowl game because you're looking at the non-conference schedule. You have EKU in week one, Pittsburgh in week two, and then Miami of Ohio in week three. So two of those should be capable wins right off the bat. Pitt's right. going to be a top 25 team to come in. So you have that uh, top 25 matchup in – uh, non-conference play, which really gears up and puts you in that composition for the Big 12 season. I mean, then you look at uh, the Big 12 teams they have coming. I mean, they avoid Texas and TCU in uh, year one in the Big 12. That's huge, uh, yeah. especially making that transition. That's huge. Mm-hmm. But Oklahoma is going to be a battle week one. It's going to be an exciting battle. But for a lot of people to know what happened the last time Dylan Gabriel stepped foot in Nippert Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I think, me personally, the sky's the limit for them. I know the defense is going to cause a lot of teams uh, a lot of troubles with guys like Jawan Briggs, Dante Corleone, and Malik Van, as we mentioned, but they really beefed up there in the secondary. And it's also, we're also going to see Deshaun Pace take that next step into his transition from playing that uh, linebacker position to really dropping back into that, that star defensive back position. So it's going to be interesting to see how he really – uh, adjust to that position. I think that's a great move for him personally. So I definitely see them winning. Uh, I think they'll be bowl eligible, but it's going to be roughly six. I think they go six and six, seven and six at top. That's where I would have them. Uh, that that sounds good for the first year in the Big 12. The Crip Keeper here is he's he's very optimistic. He said, I see the Big 12, Big 12 championship for the Bearcats this year. You got, Have you guys seen our schedule? We got this. I see the schedule. <laughs> it, it's it's doable, but I don't know. I don't know about uh, the Big Twelve championship. I think I think that's that's it. in the future it, it could happen, but maybe not this year. So, how is the recruiting going for for Scott Satterfield for future future Bearcats here? Is he, is he getting some of the top quality guys? Is he doing good in the in the transfer portal? How's that How's that going? Yeah, so they actually have eighteen transfers lined up or eighteen commits lined up in the class of two thousand twenty four. So, uh, I believe six of them are from the state of Georgia. So he's really hitting that. Uh, the Southern states hard, whether it's Georgia, Florida, uh, Alabama, he's really hitting those states really hard. I mean, some of the guys that are lining in, they're high three stars. They might not look that attractive based on like offers and whatnot, but if they're high three stars garnering a lot of attention. They're, it's going to be an exciting time. Some of these guys, obviously within guys like we saw the whole Quay Bird song commits, then decommits, commits to UCF. Like he was a four-star prospect. I mean, until they're signed, you never really know what's right. going to happen within recruiting. Right. But I think I think he's done a great job hitting commit, uh, hitting the recruiting class hard. I know this is his first full recruiting class. You land a guy like Samaj Jones out of Philadelphia, who is a four-star quarterback, who had offers from Oklahoma, West Virginia, uh, Cincinnati, and there was one other. And Penn State was his final four. So I mean, you're talking about a predominant Big Twin, uh, Big Ten school in Penn State, and then you have. Oklahoma and you look at the history of Oklahoma quarterbacks. So, I mean, if he's being offered by Oklahoma and you can get him to come land here, what does that say about the job that they're doing the recruiting wise? So I think he's doing a great job hitting the, uh, they're landing the recruits. I mean, he's been very active and the staff has been very active. So I think they're doing a great job so far here in the first recruiting class and they still got plenty of time to really make that class even better. 
Now, I know I think Luke did. Luke, Luke threw a fence around Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and all that. And that was one of the, the, the good things that we all liked about – one of the main, thing, main things we liked about Luke. And Satterfield, his, his recruitings are more, you know, Southern, Georgia, Tennessee – uh, Texas, like that, 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 those areas. Is he um, trying to come more and, and, and to get some of the, the local guys to stay here, like like Luke did, or is he more just concentrating on what he already knows? Yeah, he's he's going to be focused on keeping that in-state talent here. I know he said that in his opening press conference, and I mean, you look at the high school football here in uh, the tri-state area. Just you talk about predominant powerhouses: Moeller, Elder, mm-hmm. St. X. Uh, and all around the city of Cincinnati. And that, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually asked Sonny Dykes about Cincinnati down at Big 12 Media Days. And he even said TCU hits the state of Ohio hard in terms of recruiting. Right. And he would consider Ohio the third best high school football state in the country. Wow. He said he would even throw this state of Ohio better than up there with uh, states like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, California, and Florida. So, I mean, you think about that. What does that say about the level of talent that's right here in our backyard in Cincinnati? Exactly. That's why we can't let them leave. <laughs> stay, stay here and throw the red and black on for, for the Bearcats. Now uh, let's get let's roll into the uh, basketball here. I do have, I actually had the basketball schedule. I wish I could have found the football schedule with throwing that up. But here's the basketball schedule that got released uh, this year or this week. And I, 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 I've said this. I think the Bearcats have a very good shot and should make the NCAA tournament. Just because they're in the Big 12, you know. But, I mean, this isn't a killer um, – I don't think a killer uh, uh, schedule. I mean, going to Kansas City is going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. But where are you at with 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 uh, Wes Miller, uh, you know, Jizzle James coming in, all, all the new recruits. We got we got the seven-footer that beat us, you know, in the uh, NIT last year. He's a Bearcat now. Where are you at on where Wes Miller is and how this uh, basketball season is lo- looking? Yeah, I think Wes Miller has done a fantastic job since taking over – in 2021, I mean, you talk about a guy who went from a 19-win season to a 23-win season just like that, year one, year two. Mm-hmm. He gets the transition to the uh, Big 12, he took this team to an NIT semifinals just uh, this past season. So, I mean, and then you look at the guys he's recruiting. I mean, you land a caliber guy in Jizzle James, as you mentioned. We talked to him uh, yesterday, actually, about what Jizzle James has looked like, and he said – he had a lot of praise for Jizzle. He said basically it was that his body and his play style, you would not think he's a freshman due to what he's been able to do this offseason. I mean, anytime you pair him up with a guy like Rayvon Griffith, two, you have two top 100 prospects coming in in your recruiting class in year two. And that's super exciting. And then you also look, they land a commitment from Tyler McKinley, who's another top 100 player uh, right from right here in your own backyard. So, not only you're in year two and you land two commits from two guys right here in the backyard of Cincinnati is huge. But then you you talked about the uh, Aziz Badango from mm-hmm. Utah Valley State. Yes. It's, this is probably the tallest Bearcats team we have seen in recent years. I mean, you look so down Kenny at the Martin, roster. Ken Martin Tate. was, was yeah. huge for them. They land a guy in C.J. Frederick, Aziz Badango, Jamil Reynolds from Temple. But then you're looking down at this team on paper. It's not every day you see a team with five, seven footers. Right. So you're thinking about what they can do there in the paint. I mean, obviously the Big 12 basketball, they like to run that two foot, two seven footers uh, right there. They love to play off of each other. But going into the Big 12, you're having five guys who are the size of seven foot. And Aziz Bandego will blow a lot of people away. I mean, everyone saw the video of him doing his vertical test where I believe he hit almost 12 foot. Yeah. Which is isn't crazy. I know we got to watch him the other night at the scrimmage versus the, uh, the TBT guys. And I was blown away to say the least. So it's going to be an exciting time up there in Clifton. I, I love what Wes Miller and the staff are doing, but it's all got to put it out to the paper right now. I know you're having seven newcomers this season from a season ago. So mm-hmm. making that move to the big 12 is going to be huge. I mean, you have the new apparel deal as well. They're going to be rocking back to the Jordan deal. So it's going to be a lot of exciting things that Wes Miller and the staff are building up there in Clifton. Dude, I love it that we have, we're back to Jordan. I I, I absolutely love it. Now, um, you talked about uh, the TBT and the, they got to the, uh, play against them the other night. Uh, the first game, uh, the team is a, a, a nasty natty. I think that's what Melvin Levitt is. Melvin Levitt is still the head coach. Is that is that true, or is he put put the gun or somebody else take over? It's actually uh, Kevin Johnston. Kevin Johnston. Okay. 
Yep, he's actually running the team. It's him and Cashmere Wright are running this team. And then Kevin Ainsenberger, uh, who was on West Miller's staff, is doing a lot of player development stuff and getting this team ready for uh, actually tomorrow's contest right. versus uh, the TMT. What time is that game, Noro? Uh 6 p.m. at Sintas. And now, would that be on, on if we can't go to Sintas, would it be on, on ESPN? Because I know a lot of the games were on, T- on ESPN. I believe it will be on ESPN Plus or ESPNU, if I remember right. Cool. cool. Now, who, now who's, who what former Bearcats are on the team this year? Uh, so you have Trey Scott, who's coming off a uh, summer league appearance with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Jacob Evans will be back, a former first-round draft pick. Uh, Troy Copain is coming off a season up there in Spain who just signed a deal to play in Canada. So another former great there. And then you have guys like uh, Coriante DeBerry, who is here locally. Mamadou Diarra is back on that team as well. You have Shaq Thomas. Uh, Troy Copain, as we mentioned, is on that team. There's a lot of exciting players on that team. And Keith Williams is actually going to be back playing too. So that's a guy a lot of Bearcats uh, fans saw in 2020. And he's going to be back suiting up for uh, the Nasty Natty starting tomorrow. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it. It's, and if, for people who don't know what the TVT is, explain, explain that a little, little to some people because it's, it's a new uh, basketball tournament. Well, not new. I mean, it, last couple of years. But explain to everybody what, what the TVT is. Yeah, so the TVT is actually a uh, basketball tournament that is ran once a year. Uh, by ESPN, and all the games will be broadcasted on all the ESPN platforms, whether that's ESPN, the channel, ESPN Plus, ESPNU. But basically, it's an opportunity to where you can build your own team and you're playing for a million-dollar prize. So basically, uh, most typically how it's ran is you go to these universities, they form a team based off alumni or whatnot, and they all get together. There's eight regions across the country. Cincinnati has been a host for the last few years, obviously with schools like Xavier and Cincinnati both having teams in this TBT tournament every year. Uh, they'll have the host. They'll play it out, 64 teams, and single elimination, you get out, and you're playing for a million dollars. But it's not your traditional basketball game, yes. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, no matter how close the score gets, they play with the, the rule of the Elam ending. So there's a target score. So basically, once that four minutes hits, you have a target score, whether it's like a plus seven or a plus 11, like the first person to get to that target score wins and moves on. So essentially the shot clock, the play clock, everything turns off mm-hmm. after once that Elam ending starts. So basically you're just playing to get to that target score. So you got to play with a lot of strategic, a lot of strategy. You got to really, it's, it takes a lot of coaching. And I mean, we saw that last season with this team. I know they had that Fort Wayne team on the ropes, ready to beat it. And then, burnt the timeout early and Fort Wayne came back and ended up beating them 71 to 67 there to knock them out in the first round. But this is a team that's going to be very exciting to watch. I know I talk with Kevin and them very frequently. I know they're all excited to go into Cintas because hoping to get that first win. Cause most of these guys on this TVT team, they've never won at Cintas. Yeah, that's true. Don't you, you had to go there. You don't have to remind us of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, dude, I'm so tired of, of, of losing them. Speaking of, of rivalries renewed, though, uh, UC UD uh, they got they signed a contract to have their their uh, basketball rivalry renewed. I, I think it's great. I don't understand why these local teams don't play each other more. Um, how did that come about? You know, how did they all of a sudden decide to to to, to start that uh, rivalry back? Yeah. So from what we gathered yesterday. Uh, at the press conferences with Anthony Grant and Wes Miller. It sounds like it was just a conversation uh, with both administrators on the Cincinnati and the Dayton side, but uh, it's a a one-year deal, so it's not a home-and-home like most traditional college basketball agreements are. Uh, But it's it's a huge deal. Obviously, we mentioned it's always great to play a team who has such rich history. Right. You know, Dayton has been A-10 champions the last four or five years. And have a great program up there. Anthony Grant's done a tremendous job in flipping that program around. And you're thinking back on it. How many people watched Obi Toppin in recent years dominate right. at a small school like Dayton? So, I mean, anytime you can get these in-state rivalries, I mean, you see what it does for the city of Cincinnati when they play Xavier. Just now you're reuniting the rivalry with Dayton. I mean, you're playing it at a neutral site. Yeah, it's at Heritage Bank Center downtown. I know not many people are happy about that, but. It's at a neutral site. You're in the middle of downtown. It's in driving distance from both schools, but it's huge, especially making that move into the Big 12. Like, that's a huge conference or non-conference game heading into the Big 12, although it is just a one-year deal. I know they have discussions. Uh, They haven't had any discussions yet on making it year two, but the option is on the table of renewing it. But 
right now I think they're kind of focused on year one. But if you can lock in that deal and re reunite that rivalry heading into the Big 12 and keeping that thing going, that's huge. That's a huge conference game. If you can add Dayton and Xavier to your non-conference schedule mm-hmm. each year, what else can you go wrong with? I mean, it's two competitive teams right there who will probably both find their way to the NCAA tournament for many years to come. So, and that that's huge. You want to play those games in non-conference. Exactly. And that's, and the thing is what I'm hoping is since we get to the big 12, we'll, we'll have better competition that will be ready to play Xavier, ready to play Dayton <laughs> and get these and get these wins. But yeah, it's a very exciting time for, for the university of Cincinnati. I, I can't wait for football to start basketball. And they got the TBT coming up here. So there's so many good things going on with the University of Cincinnati. Nippert is awesome. I always love my favorite time to go there is Nip at Night. The, it's, I don't care. I always said it is the coolest venue. The football stadium is right in the middle of the freaking campus. It's down the hole. At nighttime, it is the coolest place to watch a football game. I dare anybody to, 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 to try it and tell me they don't love it. It's awesome. But Neil, it's been awesome having you on the show. Tell everybody where they can follow you at. Uh, any articles or anything else you, you want to plug before I let you go? Yeah, so you can find us at thefrontofficenews.com. You can find myself on uh, Twitter at MeyerNeal6. You can also find Editor-in-Chief J.T. Smith uh, on Twitter at J.T. underscore Smith. And you can find us plugged in at the Front Office News online, on our website, on all social medias. I know this week we've been very busy, as Jeff and I have talked about. We have all the interviews with Anthony Grant, Wes Miller, up on the site, talk about the UD-UC uh, rivalry, nude. We also have five exclusive interviews with guys from this TBT team up on the website. And we've also been pumping out a lot of content. We just got back from Big 12 Media Days as well, so we have all that content up on the website. So just make sure to check us all out there. I know Jeff mentioned it earlier. He's not really on the Threads app yet. I'm not really. I'm on it. I'm on it. I just I don't know how to use it yet. I'm working on yeah, it. I'm, I'm, actually... still, I'm still learning the way yeah. of the Threads as well. So. <laughs> So, but yeah, make sure to just check us out there. I know you can find all of our work on there and we appreciate everyone supporting us. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel as well. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Hey, next, I got to have you back on sometime. And, and one of these days we're going to work it out so I can get, I can get meet, big Meech on here again sometime. But the, the schedules have been been crazy. But I appreciate you coming on. Make sure you, 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 you we stay connected. I mean, you know, you, you got a crazy uncle. I'll just say that. You know, I've heard of that guy. Anyway, I appreciate you, Neil. You take it easy, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No problem. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I do. By the way, Matty Myers is his uncle. <laughs> so that's why I was picking on him about that. But uh, yeah, go check him out. Go follow him there. Uh, they got a lot of cool content. Uh, Bearcats, the TBT, uh, football's coming up. They just got them with uh, Big 12 Media Days. So my th- thoughts to, to Neil for coming on. My thanks for uh, Trax for coming on. This has been a really cool show. Um, I would not be, I had one big show today. I would not be doing a show tomorrow. Because I will be heading to here it is, Little Miami Brewery uh, with, with Big Ted Karras. He'll be there. Uh, start to 4 o'clock. Uh, 4 to 9 is what they're saying. They'll be selling the uh, Cincy hats. Now, these ones they'll be selling there exclusively. Is, now, you can get these on the website after tomorrow. But the, the, the visors, the bucket hats, those ones will be sold exclusively at Little Miami tomorrow. I said, start to four o'clock. Ted will be there. He'll be signing autographs. The brew crew is going to be there. Uh, Dale's actually leaving Portsmouth to come down and hang out. Chop's going to be there. Actually, Chop's going to pick me up. So he's going to take me. Greg is going to be there. Actually, Greg might be there right now in the parking lot, uh, camping out in his car so he can get a good table. I'm not, I, I cannot, I cannot confirm nor deny that, but there, there are reports that Greg is either on his way there or already there. So either way, make sure you guys uh, show up it's for a good, t- good cause. We're going to have a good time with Ted. And like I said, come hang out with the brew crew. What could be better? Let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. All on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And now threads. Um, TikTok is at Iceman90. Twitter is at Jeff A. Trinipole. Threads, I think, at Sports with Strawberry Ice. Like I said, you can look for me. Um, I just started that one. And like I said, I'm trying to figure out how to warm my way through that one. So check me out on all of those. I'll be pulling out sound off later on tonight. Put it on the podcast on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and re- review. Give a five-star review. 
and a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers are at 2,274 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, just tweet out the show. Tell your friends about it. Share them. Uh, you know, if you're watching Facebook or Twitter, go subscribe to the channel, Sports Strawberry Ice. I can't grow unless you guys help me, and you guys have helped me a ton, and I appreciate you guys. This has been a really cool show. I can't wait for football. The Reds won today, two in a row. I want money. They're going on the winning streak. They're going streaking, baby. We're two down, win tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe we'll get back in the playoffs. Oh, get, get to the playoffs this year. How cool would that be? The Bearcats open up the season in the Big 12. The Bengals open up the season, and the Reds are in a playoff run. That could be pretty fun. I, I, I'm here for it. I, I don't know about you guys, but it's a great time to be a Cincinnati fan. Other than that, training camp starts Monday, starts Wednesday. Mox Turtle Suit Monday. Joe Burrow, Jackpot's contract coming soon. Hopefully. That's just sports, baby. See ya! Talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they got to play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Bag of bad champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Then throw Boyd in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, show boys had it really gritty they try to shuffle up the game on us but they ain't icky flip the coin kick the toe right to the go and get it never know what's gonna happen when joe drop back he gets shiesty in the pocket i get shiesty on the track nobody on the team all pro that's all cap most all around team in the nfl that's all facts and came across nobody yet it seemed like they can hang with us they said we couldn't be buffalo but see how we call they bluff underdogs every week they keep on trying to label us put your money on us even if vegas don't favor us no matter what we really came up now it's hard to fail i dare you come across that middle vine gonna ring your bell I know we under they skin, them boys built frail Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins Jesse Bates in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends We just drafted Cam and drafted Hill Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was cause that's the losing weight It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eight It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing the same for the city, I give it to him And I best surmise you'll find a hole if you give it to him Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash Every week it seem like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my faith and money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up.